You guys, um, you guys doing good though? You guys doing good? The sun's shining? Yeah? Yeah. It's kind of warm outside. Is anyone enjoying the hot weather like, no. uh, like a lot? <laughs> okay, some people are enjoying, raise your hand if you're enjoying the hot weather. Alright, raise your hand if you're not enjoying the hot weather. Raise your hand if you're just indifferent. Raise your hand if you're just working in an air-conditioned room. Holla. All right, good times. Well, hey, guys, uh, like Bo prayed, we're starting a new series tonight. Um, and the title of the series is I Saw the Light, uh, with the subtitle The Gospel According to John. Um, and so, guys, we're just really going to spend forever. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. It's okay if I be honest with you guys. Is that good? Okay, no, yeah, I'm always supposed to. No, I, I love the book of John. And uh, I've been studying the book of John in preparation for this series, okay, um, for the better part of two years. I've really wanted to do John, but we've always had other series we've been doing. And I've just been like, when are we going to be able to do John? When are we going to be able to do John? And then I, I just was like, we're doing John. We're just going to go with it. Uh, so we have a lot to cover. Uh, we're going to go through pretty much every single verse in the entire book. Uh, so we're going to be in John for a while. So if you're heading back to college at some point at the end of summer, uh, for, for, for the, how many of you guys are heading away to college at the end of summer? All right. Wow, that's half of you. But that, that also means half of you guys are coming back from college at the end of summer. Um, but yeah, so for those of you uh, who are heading out, uh, we do record all these services uh, so if you want a copy because you just really love the series we're diving into, just let me know and we can share uh, a recorded copy with you. But guys, we're going to go through the book of John uh, and we're going to really just kind of unpack everything that there is in there. John is one of the theologically most uh, uh, intense isn't the right word, but uh, it's just a deep book. Uh, it is very, very deep. And uh, every single verse, every single word has truth for each and every single one of us that we're going to be able to apply to our everyday lives. Uh, and, and you guys are going to be able to take what you learn and apply it the second you walk out the doors. And, and so when we read God's Word, that's what we want God's Word to do in our lives. We want God's Word to, to, to transform us. We, uh, we want God's Word to challenge us and, and to, to change the way uh, we see things and to change the way we live. Uh, if you guys remember last week, I just mentioned something briefly. We don't want you guys, and I mean, maybe you guys are coming here for this reason, um, you guys definitely aren't coming here for my haircut or anything like that. Uh, but we don't want you guys to come here just to get information, okay? If you're coming just for information, uh, you're going to get some information, but we don't want you to come for the information. What we want you guys to come for is for um, the revelation, okay? That is God's Word being revealed to us uh, through the pages of His Holy Scriptures, amen? amen? And we want that revelation not just to stop at revelation, but we want it to... Um, become transformation in our life, okay? So you're not here for information, you're here for revelation that leads to transformation because we want to see not only our lives be transformed, but the lives of our family, the lives of our friends, the lives of our co-workers be transformed by the power of the gospel. Amen? Amen? So without further ado, I'm going to just stop talking uh, on my own, and I'm going to read from John chapter 1. So if you got your Bibles... Uh, let me see your Bibles. I just want you to put the Bibles up in the air. Wave them around like you just don't care, right? No, I mean, it. wave that Bible. No, don't, don't wave your Bible. That's goofy. Uh, no, so you got your Bibles up in the air. Who does not have a Bible? 
Does someone not have a Bible? Okay, there's a Bible sitting on the back table. Uh, Brother Bo, if you can grab that and let's pass it. Uh, do you three guys, do you, does it do? Okay, you got one? Um, okay. So, raise your hand if you don't have a Bible. Oh, what's it did? Alright. There we go. Turn with me, if you will, to John uh, chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, this is the fourth gospel uh, in the New Testament, fourth book of the New Testament. So if you get to John chapter 1, let me know by saying holla. Holla. If you're not there yet, let me know by saying hold up. Hold up. Holla. Well, hurry up. Oh, oh man. <laughs> now I don't even have to challenge you. That's what's up. Uh, all right. So First John chapter 1, verse 1, and it starts like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things that were made were made through Him. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Let's pray. Dear God, we just thank You so much for Your Word. God, and we just pray that tonight, as we take just a few moments, God, just to study Your Word. um, God, I just pray that each and every single one of us, God, that we would walk away with something new. Uh, God, that we would walk away um, changed by what we hear from your word. God, we pray that your word, uh, God, would encourage us. God, that we would be built up in our most holy faith. Uh, God, that your word would inspire us. God, that we would see the lives of those who have gone before us. God, that we would be inspired by what they did and by what you said, God, and that we would live our lives differently. God, and we pray that your word would challenge us. God, that it would challenge us to step out of our comfort zones, that it would challenge us to step out of the norm, and God, that we would be able to live the life that you have called us to live, set apart for the gospel. God, we pray that your word would challenge us. God, I just pray that tonight none of these would be my words, uh, but God, that that you would speak through me. Uh, I just lay my own self aside, my ego, my own wants, my own prides. Uh, God, I lay those aside, and I just say, speak through. Anything that is of me, may it fall on deaf ears, or may I not even be able to get it out of my mouth, but may your perfect word come through. So God, we thank you, and we praise you in your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ, and all God's saints said, Amen. 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 So, we have a few things that we're just going to pick up on in here, um, and i got to be truthful with you guys, uh, because I, I asked you if I could be honest, and some of you said no, but I'm going to do it anyways. Um, we're really not actually going to get into a lot of Bible study tonight. We're not going to get into a lot of like verse-by-verse study. Because uh, using uh, proper Bible study techniques, how many of you guys knew there were Bible study techniques? Anyone know that? We have a really fancy word for those in, in, like, yeah, like, like, like in like the upper echelon of, uh, of Bible study scholarship. It's called hermeneutics. Um, which comes from the Greek word, the first part being Hermes, which was the Greek god of uh, delivery. He would give information. And what hermeneutics means is how to get information out of what you're reading. So one of the laws of hermeneutics uh, is you have to understand who is the intended recipient of the work of literature or the work of uh, biblical writing, uh, who was the author uh, when was it written? What was the culture in which it was written? And, and, and all these things, so we can kind of set the groundwork and the framework for what is being talked about. But, because I already gave you guys the title uh, of the sermon series, I think we just need to hit on why it's called, I Saw the Light. Okay? Uh, does anyone, after reading those first five verses there in John, does anyone have any guess as to why the title of the sermon is, I Saw the Light? Jesus, anyone got a guess? Jesus is the light. Oh, Jesus is the light. Where do you get that? Well, let me see here. 
Okay. Ah, there we go. Okay. John chapter 1. The beginning was the Word. Yeah. The beginning, God said, let there be light. Okay, okay, so that's good. So in the beginning was the Word, in the beginning God said, let there be light. Okay, that's good. Um, maybe. Verse 5, it talks about how the light shines in the darkness and Jesus shines in the world. There we go. So verse 5 says the light shines in the darkness, Jesus shines in the world. That's cool. Uh, I'm just going to take a step. Verse, verse four. Wesley and Corey say verse 4. What does verse 4 say? Let's, in all your different transliterations of Scripture, let's all read verse 4 together at the same time, just so it sounds really cool. So here we go. Here we go. Uh, in 3, 2, 1. In Him was life, and the life was the light of man. There you go. And the life was the light of men. Like Aaron said, Jesus is the light. And this gospel that was written by John, and we're going to be introduced to John in just a second, uh, but it is telling the story of how John saw the light, and how John saw the light, so also how the world will see the light. There's a fly up on the screen, and John's going to throw his hat right at it. Did I get it? Yeah, there we go. That's what happens with John. John normally sits in the back row for a reason, uh, but, but we're full up here in the front. He actually got the fly. If any of you guys want to know, the fly is dead here on the ground. That's a good shot. Give it up for John. Give it up for John. Con- completely unrelated to the Gospel of John is my brother, John. Um, but that's a completely different story. Uh, so the title, guys, I Saw the Light, is the Gospel According to John. And it is the, the, the explanation of who this light is uh, and what this light will do. But I want to read you guys something, because what really, uh, what really sparked my interest and in my journey through studying through the book of John for the last two years, uh, it, and I really mean it, I've been studying this like hard and probably over what I should be studying it, because I've just been reading John over and over and over again, uh, which is awesome, but I kind of forgot to read some other books in the Bible, but it's all good. Um, but two years ago, uh, right before Easter, I picked up this book uh, at a bookstore. It's called On the Way to the Cross by Thomas C. Oden. Uh, and none of you know who Thomas C. Oden is. If you do, I'm impressed. Uh, he is just a theologian uh, who is he loves the 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th century uh, early Christian writers, uh, so, so so those people who were very close um, in proximity to the disciples and close in proximity to Jesus, and wouldn't you know it, they wrote some things down, uh, and so they write commentaries on the New Testament. That'd be like, um, just to kind of put it in perspective, people today write commentaries on the Bible, people 500 years ago write commentaries on the Bible, um, but what these guys are doing, the early writers that that, that Thomas C. Oden and myself like, uh, they're like guys who lived 10, 15 years after the Revolutionary War and wrote a history of the Revolutionary War. Um, but modern commentaries are like us trying to say this is exactly what happened in the Revolutionary War today. Uh, it's There's some gap. But these guys are like right there. Um, and, and so this is a, a short commentary uh, on the book of John, and it's written by all the different... Um, all the different first century, uh, first, second, third century writers. Uh, and they say some really cool things. And this is just really what I kind of want to start it off with. Uh, how many of you guys have ever heard of Augustine or, or St. Augustine? Depends on how you pronounce it. Uh, he, he wrote a whole book on the book of John. And it's pretty cool. But this is one portion that he writes about John chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. Uh, and the title of this is, A blind person cannot see the sun's light. 
This is what he says. But perhaps the foolish hearts cannot receive the light because they are so encumbered with sin that they cannot see it. Let them not on that account think that the light is in any way absent because they are not able to see it. For they, because of their sin, are in darkness. For suppose, as in the case of a blind person placed in the sun, the sun is present to him, but he is absent from the sun. This is how every foolish person, every unjust person, every irreligious person uh, is blind in their heart. Wisdom is present, but it is present to the blind person and is absent from his eyes. But because it is absent from him, um, it is also absent from his eyes. What then is he to do? Let him become pure, so that he may he may be able to see God. That's pretty awesome. Okay, that's a good little commentary on light and why the world sometimes doesn't see the light. And because we live in a world that says, "Where is God? I don't see Him. Where is God? I don't see Him." Uh, it's not that the light's absent; it's just that they're blind to the light. And it is our job as the torchbearers, those who are carrying the light of Christ in our bodies to share that light with them. So that's just a little encouragement to you guys. Um, and we're and really going to hit on that uh, in just a few short weeks. Uh, but I really want to just kind of break down now for you guys, uh, who is John? Does anyone know who John is? Okay. Uh, I know Olivia and the girls group probably have a good understanding of who John is uh, because they're right now going in their small group uh, through a study called the Johns and they're going through... First, second, third John. So you have a little bit of uh, information on John. So we're just going to unload a little more information on John for the rest of you guys. Um, Check this out. But uh, but John is uh, there's a fly. John's like oh. Uh, that was really gross. He was John. We're completely lost. That's good. Um, okay, so uh, John is a man. Did, it, did everyone know John is a man? Yeah. Okay, John is a man who's living in the first century. Okay, the first century. This is during the Roman Empire. So we have the time period. John was living and was born uh, during the time of Jesus, uh, and he died. And we're gonna get to his death in just a little bit. Wesley, you got a question? John a peasant? Was John a peasant? Was he literate? No. And we're gonna write that down for you in a second. But that's a good question. Was John a peasant? That's a good question. Um, so John lived during uh, the Roman Empire. Okay? And uh, is the fly <laughs> following me? No, no, no that's no. half of the body on the ground. So guys, John was living uh, in the first century uh, and he lived in uh, Israel, okay, which was the Roman province of Judea. And while living there, uh, he met somebody who was kind of important. Okay, that person's name was Jesus. But before we get to his meeting with Jesus, uh, John had a brother. Okay, uh, and John's brother's name was James. Okay, this is not to be confused with James, the author of the book of James. Uh, the author of the book of James is Jesus's brother, James. Um, but John and James, they are the sons of Zebedee. Okay. Uh, Zebedee was a man, he was a well-standing uh, Israelite man uh, who ran a fishing company, okay? He was married to a woman named Salome, okay? And Salome and Zebedee had John and James, James being the older brother, uh, and John and James did some cool things. They were fishers, okay? And they liked to fish. Uh, a little known fact, but a fun fact for you guys. Uh, Salome had a sister. Anyone know who Salome's sister was? 
Mary, not Mary Magdalene. Mary, the mother of Jesus. So John and Jesus are cousins. Are bros, yeah. No, uh, they were cousins. John and Jesus and James, they're all cousins. That's kind of cool. And that makes John the Baptist their second cousin because he's on the other side of the family. Okay? So initially, John and James, okay, are um, disciples of John the Baptist. Okay? They're following John the Baptist around, doing the thing with John the Baptist, as was Jesus for a time. And then Jesus says, All right, hey, I'm breaking off. This is my ministry. This is what I'm doing. And he says, hey, come and follow me. He also commissioned Peter and Andrew. And you guys can see between Peter, Andrew, James, and John, you're going to see eight more mentioned in the New Testament. These are the 12 apostles, the 12 disciples of Jesus. But John and James uh, kind of were in a pretty uh, cool place with Jesus. Maybe because they were his cousins. We don't know. They were just pr- pretty cool guys. But Jesus gave them the nickname, the Sons of Thunder. Right? That's kind of a cool nickname. How many of you guys would like to have the nickname, The Son of Thunder? Yeah, like, boom. Uh, and the reason this is, is because um, John and James uh, were pretty meek dudes. They were pretty chill. Uh, but when things got a little bit tough and patience got a little bit pushed, uh, James and John were ready to let their anger out and were ready to go all smack down on them. Uh, and we see this actually in scripture uh, because at one time they're in a Samaritan village and some things don't go well and John and James are like, Jesus, let's rain down fire on this place. Like, let's Sodom get more of the city. Like, bring the fire. Jesus is like, whoa, 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 whoa. And Jesus chastises them. Okay? But, John, James, the sons of thunder. Little side note on James. Okay? James, uh, after the events of Acts chapter 2, uh, he stays in Jerusalem a little bit while longer. But then he is commissioned to go, and he tradition would tell us that he goes on a missionary trip to Spain, and then he brings Jesus uh, to the Edomians in Spain, uh, and then what he does is he goes from Spain back to Jerusalem, where he gets his head chopped off by Herod. Yeah, yeah not a very fun situation. Um, but he was martyred for the gospel. Now John, on the other hand, John doesn't get martyred. John lives for a little while. Uh, it just so happens that John outlives uh, all the other apostles, uh, and he outlives even some second-generation Christians. You see, John, after uh, spending some time in Jerusalem, we know from Paul's writing that John, James the brother of Jesus, and Peter are the pillars of the church in Jerusalem. John spends probably, historians would say, about 12 years in Jerusalem after the events of Acts, helping found the church, get the church going, get the church running. Uh, and then he leaves, and he goes to Ephesus, okay? And he uh, he plants a church and works with the church there in Ephesus, um, and then he also plants a few other churches in Asia Minor. Uh, all these times and all the while, he's doing this, he's preaching the gospel, preaching the gospel, preaching the gospel, preaching the gospel, and he's doing a really good job at it because people are finding Jesus left and right. So much so that the Romans are like, this guy's crazy, we need to get rid of him. We need to get rid of him. So at some point during Paul's ministry, uh, he is arrested by the Romans, and he is brought uh, to the Colosseum. And while in the Colosseum, uh, he is told, uh, we are going to kill you, so we're going to stick some lion, tigers, and bears on you. Uh, And they do, and they don't attack him. Whoa, that's crazy. They're like, well, 
They can't kill him, so let's just boil a pot of oil. Last time we checked, no one's ever survived boiling oil before. And so they boil, uh, boil a huge cauldron of oil, and they stick John bound in it, uh, expecting him to die, but John's just standing there. And then he begins to worship God in this midst of this boiling oil hot tub. Uh, boiling oil, it takes a lot to boil oil. We're talking over 200 degrees Fahrenheit. That was just really hot. Um, yeah, that would that would burn you and like melt you. Not a good situation. But John's just in there chilling, and he's he's like praising Jesus. And they're like, "What's going on?" And then just imagine for yourselves. Imagine I'm up here boiling in a thing of oil, and nothing's happening. You guys are going to start looking over at each other, and there's going to be what is called a murmur, right? Okay, you guys are going to start like. And it's going to start getting loud, and people are going to be like, what is going on? And then, like, somebody's going to say, you're a freak! And, like, it's going to get kind of crazy. Uh, but then John does something when the people start getting riled up. And he says, Jesus is real. And these guys are like, what? What? And they start seeing, oh my gosh, God's protecting this dude. This dude actually believes in something that's real, not our Roman gods that are crazy. And the entire Colosseum gave their heart to the Lord that day. Now that's a crusade. That's a rally. That's crazy stuff, okay? And that's historical stuff. That's not in the Bible, okay? That's historical. That's in the history books. That's crazy, okay? And uh, so John did some pretty crazy stuff like that. After that, they're like, lions, tigers, and bears can't get him. Oil can't get him. We're going to send him to Patmos. It's this island in the middle of the Mediterranean, uh, and it's where we just send prisoners to die. Uh, they spend some time there. They're not going to get off the island. They don't have any food. They don't have any clothes. They don't have any water. They're just going to die. So John goes to Patmos, and uh, he spends some time there. Uh, he, doesn't and he, he doesn't die, but something really <laughs> intense happens on the island of Patmos. Um, there's a whole written account of what happens on the island of Patmos. In a book in the Bible, it might be the last book in your Bible. If it's not, we, we have to talk. Uh, but it is the last book in your Bible. Revelation. Uh, and this is John getting a revelation from God. He sees Jesus. And Jesus says, hey, come with me on a little trip. And so John has this amazing vision and he's told to write down the things which are the things which he sees and the things which are to come. Okay? And... and can you go with them? Man, that would be an awesome trip. Right. Uh, but, but no, we can't go back in time. I don't have a time travel machine yet. Yet is the key word. Um, but so John, this epic thing happens. And then he's told to write it down. Well, he doesn't have any paper and pens on the island of Patmos. Uh, so guess what happens? The Romans are like, well, we can't kill him. He's just a crazy old man now. We're going to release him, bring him back to Ephesus. So he goes back to Ephesus, he writes down everything he saw. We have the book of Revelation. He writes down these epistles, uh, the three books of John that the ladies are going through, uh, sends them out to the churches, and he also writes his account of his life with Jesus. He was commissioned by the bishop of Ephesus and the bishop of Asia Minor to say, write down the things that you did with Jesus. Because at the time he's writing this down, Jesus has already been dead and resurrected and gone back up to heaven. We are talking almost 60 years ago. Okay? We can take three of you guys, three of you guys here in the front row, we combine your guys' age, we're about 60 years, or just over 60 years, okay? Your combined lifespans is how long ago Jesus was walking the earth when they asked John to write down these things. Hmm. That's intense. Okay? We're talking grandkids, great-grandkids, 
who are generations removed from Jesus, and John is still alive. And John writes down everything that he remembers and what the Holy Spirit lays on his heart. Here's the deal. John knew Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And he was able to read their Gospels and be like, hey, this is some good stuff, but I'm going to give them a little bit more of the story. This is from my perspective. And John writes a completely different picture of Jesus than the other three Gospels. Okay? The three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, those are called the Synoptic Gospels. Okay? Very close when you read them. But John presents a different side. You see, these guys, they present his manly side. Not manly as in like buff, but his earthly human being side. But John shows the divine and how Jesus is God here on earth. Olivia. Uh, kind of random question. Was John married? Ever That's a good question. Bible doesn't tell us. And history wouldn't tell us also. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, at this time, uh, either people were married um, and it was written about, or they were married and it wasn't written about, but a good majority of the first century guys, they weren't married because they were traveling all the time and whatnot. But a good majority of them were married. So, good question. We don't know. Um, but so, John uh, goes around and, and John continues at his old age uh, to be preaching the gospel. It said one time um, that he once went into a bathhouse because that's what they did back in the day. They had like it's like the the health club for men, like the fitness center. And so he goes in there, and there's a guy in there, okay, a guy who's a Gnostic teacher, so someone who's anti-Christian but claims to be Christian. Uh, and John gets into the bathhouse, sees him, and says. Grab your stuff, we're getting out of here, lest God decide to crush this building on this false teacher. And, and he gets out of there, like, the dude was a son of thunder. He did not like confrontation, and he knew if he stayed in there any longer, he'd get in a confrontation with this guy, and it would not end up good for this guy. Uh, so he's like, I'm getting out of here before we bring down the whole building. Um, the guy who wrote that down, and, and, and how we know that, is a guy by the name uh, of Polycarp. Okay, Polycarp is someone who lived in the early 2nd century, and uh, he, he, he wrote a lot of things, okay? If you guys ever get a chance to, to, to look at what Polycarp wrote, Polycarp wrote some phenomenal uh, things about Jesus and some phenomenal things about John. Uh, so Polycarp was one of John's disciples. Another one of John's disciples was a guy by the name of Ignatius. Uh, and Ignatius did some really good things. Christian tradition would tell us that Ignatius is actually the little kid who sat down on Jesus' knee when Jesus said, bring all the children unto me. Uh, Christian tradition would say Ignatius was the one who sat on Jesus' knee, and then John became his mentor, and, and Ignatius was an apprentice. Another guy, his name was Papias, uh, he followed John also. And all these guys went on to go plant other churches and do some crazy things for the foundations of Christianity in the 2nd and the 3rd century. Impressive stuff, all the legacy and the lineage of John. So who's John writing this to? Who's John writing this gospel to? John is writing the gospel to um, all Christians, but primarily to the Christians who are there in his churches. Okay, They're like, hey, we want to know. We've heard you talk about Jesus, but you're not going to be here much longer. Okay, uh, Because at this point, it is said of John that John would travel from city to city, and he would get up in front of large crowds of people, because people would show up in droves to see John preach. And John would get in front of them, and he'd get up to the stand, and he would, they didn't have podiums back in the day, but let's just imagine they had podiums. And he puts his hands on the podium, and no joke, we have recordings of John's sermons. Not audio recordings, but written down recordings of John's sermon. 
This is the equivalent of all of John's sermons. He would get up in front of everybody and he goes, My sons and my daughters, brothers and sisters, love one another. That's a good sermon. I mean, right? That's a pretty good sermon. But that's what he said. But the thing is, he said it was such It was such conviction that like people like break down in tears and like, I want to receive Jesus today, you know? And like pretty amazing things happen. We're also told that at this point, he had gotten kind of old and feeble, okay? So he walked with a little bit of a shake, you know, and had the cane. And so what I told the youth when the youth went through First John, back in the day, this is when I was younger, and I, I could say things that I didn't have to, like, actually go back and, like, I shouldn't have said that, but I'm going to say it anyways today. Uh, John is the Yoda disciple, okay? He, if you can picture Yoda, okay, picture Yoda. Now we're going to put John's sermon with Yoda. It's like, hmm, sisters and brothers, <laughs> love one another, you must. Right? Okay. And that's what he does. He's the Yoda disciple. And it's crazy. That's exactly what he does. And, like I said, Yoda, crazy old, right? When he goes to the bathhouse and sees Count Dooku, he puts out his lightsaber and starts jumping all over the walls. Okay? That's how John was. Okay? And that's the guy who's writing down the book that we're going to be studying for the next few months, okay? Uh, John's a pretty cool guy. And there's a lot of things to be said about John that I can't even squeeze into tonight's uh, message because John is so, so in-depth of a person. Uh, we have writings coming out the walls uh, about John and what he did. So I just want to give you guys um, just a few, uh, a few things because I like it when you guys do a little bit of study as well, okay? I'm not going to give you homework because... Homework's a little bit, it's summer break, right? Um, but I want to give you guys the opportunity to go and to read and to find some more cool things out about John, okay? Uh, and, and I want you guys to be able to come back next week and be like, Pastor Matt, I learned this about John. It's epic. He was cool. You didn't say it in your sermon. And I just want to let you know, did you know this, okay? Uh, I want you guys to do that. So I want to give you guys... Uh, some references so you guys can go and read some things about John. Okay, does that sound good? Yeah. Okay, first and foremost, I want you guys uh, to read. Uh, there's a guy who was in the 5th century, so that's the 480. Uh, his name was John Chrysostom. Okay, uh, he was from the Eastern Roman Empire, uh, and he wrote down what is I mean, it's a full volume, and you're going to be able to look at these sermon notes, because these are sermons from the 5th century, okay? Uh, and I'm, I've been studying these sermons, like, through and through, okay? It's fun to listen to sermons from, like, people from today, but when you can actually read sermons from people who were there, uh, it's kind of cool. So, you can go online and search homilies on John, okay? Homilies, H-O-M-I-L-I-E-S, okay? homilies on John, uh, and the website that I've been studying with it uh, is www.newadvent.org, okay, uh, and you can just search up the search bar on there. I actually haven't gone through the entire website, so I can't say, like, this website is great, I, I know the portion I'm studying is, there might be some stuff in some far corners of the website, I don't know, um, but just search homilies on the Gospel of John, uh, and that'll do well for you. Um, and I encourage the use of bookmarks on your computer, uh, so you can go back to these at any point. Um, I also want to just direct you guys' attention to another 
It was written during the second century by a guy by the name of Irenaeus. Okay, uh, Irenaeus of Lyons. He is a French pastor. Uh, he wasn't really French. He was Roman, but it was in what is modern day France. Uh, and Irenaeus was actually a disciple of Polycarp. So if we do the genealogy of discipleship, uh, John was a disciple of Jesus. Polycarp was a disciple of John. And Irenaeus is a disciple of Polycarp. So we're talking, these dudes are like really close together. And Irenaeus wrote one of the most important, still today, documents in all of Christian faith ever. Okay, One of the most important. Okay? And it's called Against Heresies. Okay? You can look it up. Irenaeus of Lyons, Against Heresies. Uh, and just read, 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 read. He's got a bunch of fun stories just thrown in there about John. Like, you'll be reading, and it's just like super like scholarly, like, what on earth am I reading? Like, this is so frustrating. And all of a sudden, he's like, yeah, and then one day I was walking with Polycarp, and Polycarp told me this story about when John went to the bathhouse and he freaked out. And he just like throws those random tidbits in his like, book. You're like, whoa, where did that come from? But there's some really cool like nuggets. That What's that? Is that like moral to the story? Or? Yes. And the moral to the end of the story. That's a good question, because I told you the story, there's more. No moral. Uh, John said, I would rather... Uh, l- let me just pull it up so I can quote John. I actually have it up. Um, talk amongst yourselves just briefly. Um, briefly, briefly, briefly. All right, this is what he says. He says, um, this is what John said. He said, let us fly, lest even the bathhouse fall down upon us, because uh, Serentius, the enemy of the truth, is within. And so what John told Polycarp from here was he said, hey, I would rather not make a scene, okay, and be all confrontational and get the whole place riled up, because at that time if that happened, Romans would come and everyone would go to jail. And so what John said is, hey, I'd rather sit down with the guy and talk to him civilly, but I know he's not a civil guy, and I know I get angry, so we're going to have a little hard time. So the moral of the story is pick your battles wisely. Okay? okay. Um, Because how many of you guys know it's very easy to argue? Okay? Uh, And if you're anything like me, arguing's easy and actually fun. Um, And that's not good. Um, And so uh, John said, hey, Use wisdom when you approach a situation. And so that is what the moral of that story is. So good question. Um, you guys have any questions on what you've learned so far? I know this isn't like Bible study, but there's a lot of information uh, about a biblical character. Does anyone have any questions on John so far? So Irene, is it like a trilogy? Like, is it like moving up towards Jesus? Like to start with Irenaeus and then like go towards Polycarp, you know? Okay, no, 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 it's reverse. So, 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 so it, was, it was Jesus, John, Polycarp, Irenaeus. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but Irenaeus, what Irenaeus does, uh, I would encourage you guys all to read Irenaeus. Uh, uh, he breaks down why we believe what we believe. Uh, pretty much anything you see in a theology class or in a doctrinal statement uh, has its roots in Irenaeus. Oh, now you're going to make me... Uh, um, I R E N A. Wait. R I R E. Yep. N. Yep. A. Yep. E U S. Yep. It's that A E is the the Greek in there. It's not a lot. Um. Anyone else got any questions? Anyone else got a question on John? Anyone? You guys all feel like you're experts on John now? 
Yeah, all right. Good, 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 good. All right, well, let's just read a little bit more. Um, uh, and I told Bo tonight, I said tonight's going to be a short night uh, because we're going to do all like the foundational work so then we can just dive into the sermon and have full time for the sermon next week. Does that sound good? That's um, great. But we're going to just pick up where we left off. Verse 5 said, And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness could not comprehend it. And then he says this, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. And this man came uh, for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which comes. uh, and, And so that was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to him he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who are born not of blood, uh, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but who are born of God. In verse 14, you guys should have all this memorized. This is some good stuff. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's epic. That's epic. And and John, uh, writing all this, uh, is is setting the stage for us uh, why we're going to see the light. And by the end of our series, hopefully every single one of us could say with all assurance in themselves that I have seen the light. I have seen the light. Mm-hmm. And I know so the light. What's the light look like? It's Jesus. Oh, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Okay. And so, as and that's a good question because what what does the light look like? Well, the next few weeks, months, however long it takes us to dive through uh, all twenty one of these ver- uh, all twenty one of these chapters, uh, it's going to paint the picture uh, of what that light looks like. And so, uh, that's encouraging. Well, I'm going to invite Bo. Bo, if you can come on back up here. Bo's going to grab his guitar, um, and we're going to have a little bit of fun because uh, I I like having fun. Um, but what I want us to do, I'm going to encourage you guys all just to stand up, um, stretch just a little bit. Uh, but I'm going to encourage you guys to stand up. Because there's a few things that we can even learn when we don't have a Bible study. There's a few things that we can learn from the life of John. Uh, John was a man where everywhere he went, he talked about Jesus. Okay, So much so that he was tortured and they tried to kill him. Uh, when was the last time you were tortured and someone tried to kill you because you were talking about Jesus? We have freedom of speech, and it, 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 it doesn't always happen the way it did back then. But here's the thing: uh, you're gonna you're gonna face some persecution, and if you're not facing persecution, and if you're not having people say, "Well, why do you believe what you believe?" Um, then you might be doing some things wrong. Because Jesus tells us, "Be weary when everyone speaks good of you." Be weary when everyone speaks good of you, because if you're really being sold out for Jesus, people are gonna be. What's up with that guy? Because the gospel doesn't rub people right all the time. Uh, and so I want to encourage you guys uh, to share the gospel. In everything you do, let people know that, hey, I've seen Jesus. And I want to share Jesus with you. And so what I'm just going to encourage you guys to do as we sing this song after both tunes, because uh, that, that, was, that was gnarly chord he just played. It was intense. Uh, what, what I'm going to encourage you guys to do uh, is, is as we sing this song, really declare, hey, I've seen the light. But then after that, 
I just want us to take a little bit of time, just personally, each one of us individually, and then you can get to like groups like two, three, four, five. I don't care what size group you get. I just want you to pray for one another that that you guys will all have boldness to share uh, the gospel like John. Does that sound good? All right. Well, I'm going to pray. Then we're going to sing because I'm losing my voice and it's going quick. So, dear God, we just thank you so much uh, for for this evening. God, we thank you for the example uh, that we see in John. Uh, God, I just pray that tonight, uh, each and every single one of us, God, uh, we will be able to follow John's example and to live our lives uh, telling people about you uh, everywhere we go. God, may the testimony of each and every single one of the people in this room be that we have seen the light, uh, God, and that people know because we're shining that light everywhere we go. So, God, I just pray that you go with each and every single one of us tonight as we go from this place. God, and in everything we do, we want to make known the name of Jesus. So, God, we thank you and we praise you. In your son's name we pray. Amen.